0: Are you ready? Welcome to Radio Grognard King Size, the OSR podcast with more stuff. With your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hiya folks, old man Grognard here. Hope you're all doing well. It's a nice day. Okay, today's going to be kind of a stuff and such uh, type of type of episode just things that are on my mind so your brain needs support and new ollie brainy chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health made with scientifically backed ingredients like thai ginger l-theanine and caffeine brainy chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus stay chill or get energized We'll talk about that after this. All right. I just got a couple of things that kind of are floating around in my mind about role-playing games. Uh, first thing I'm going to say is that there's a lot of, there's always been discussion about, in, in the OSR, mostly, um, RAW, rules as written. And... It always goes back to, well, this is the way Gary used to play it. This is the way the Lake Geneva guys used to play it. No, it's not. Okay? I mean, Gary didn't follow his rules as much as you think he did. I mean, from from the from the research I've gathered, and I've even talked to a few of these things, like Tim Kask has his own way of playing DD. Frank Menser has his own pl- way of playing D D. And this is why there's house rules. Because no the the younger uh, the you know the newer players don't understand that D&D is what you make of it. I mean even in 5th edition, you know these these guys they they get the basic rules down and then they start GMing. My grandson started GMing and he didn't even know all the rules. And he was fine. He was running d and D club at his high school before he graduated. And he was—he—he. He, it was a weekly game, and he was doing real good. So rules is written. Okay, fine. You want to do that? What you can do is read up on it and try and incorporate as many rules in the book as you can. That's basically what it is. Rules is written, but the the younger ones. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I keep saying the younger ones. I know I'm old, but you know I'm not trying to talk down to anybody. But it's D and D is what you make of it. Okay. As far as as far as that goes, no matter no matter what, no matter what edition it is, you try and memorize the entire. Rule book, the entire set of rules, you you can't do it. I'm sorry, your brain would explode. You you know you they're just especially if you're going back to first edition like at the DMG. Oh boy, try and memorize that that guy. But you know it's okay to look at it every once in a while to refresh yourself on a few things. That's what the whole point is. Remember, these rule books are reference books. You reference them when you're playing. Now, I'm I'm mainly concerned with like class level role-playing games like D&D or any of the clones or anything like that or even, I think you can even go so far as like RuneQuest or some of the older ones and Pathfinder and all that kind of stuff. So, like I said, they are reference material. Remember that. Now, in the days when they used to, you know, We used to play, they say they played it more like a war game. Basically, you go down in a dungeon, you kill monsters, get treasure, come out. To me, that's kind of boring. But then again, I I didn't really get going until 2nd edition. I did my share of playing 1st edition, but there was a 12... As you guys know, there was a 12-year period where all I played was champions. So I missed a lot of it. And apparently, it was the Hickmans that that started the role-playing in... who added the role-playing in the role-playing with stories and things like that. My contention is that could happen anytime. I mean, I've done... I did that in the early days when I played some AD&D. I would, you know, I, I thought of it as, this is my character, this is what's going on in the world. Okay? Even when I'm playing Gamble World, I mean, yeah, it was three years of boredom just wandering around, but I, that's because... Basically, I did not I think that the GM just I don't I don't want to say they they were lazy but they just maybe they didn't know any better. I don't know. But I I treated it like an adventure as a, you know, going on a journey, going on a quest. You know, to me these were all quests. And going into town to talk to people or talking to NPCs or going in the wilderness, it was not just something you had to deal with until you get to the next dungeon. So, you know, you can't you can't put it all in your head that's what i'm saying rules is written so you know keep that in mind the other thing i want to talk about was about monsters how to build a monster well there's a lot of a lot of good examples out there they always say uh take take a bear as a base for or making a monster of your own, or in the case of 5th edition, they said make it an owlbear. And I find that interesting. Okay, but what if you want to do it from scratch? Um, I think of I think of making monsters like that as like chunks, chunks of things, like chunks the uh, the chunk that makes them walk and run, the chunk that makes them uh eat the chunk that keeps them that protects them things like that see where i'm going with this now i've often said that champions taught me you're actually how to make a good character what you need for a character with with a better than average chance of surviving and that goes and it doesn't go for super, just for superheroes it goes for every genre and that all also applies to monsters and so my my thing is, like I said, it's chunks. I took this out of like index card RPG because that's how they build vehicles and, and things in chunks. So what you need is three things: offense, defense, and movement. That's it. Everything else is personality or whatever. And you know, I'm gonna get into an exception here in a minute, but you know. You need, the monster needs to be offensive when it needs to. You back it into a corner, it's going to have to fight. Defense, something's attacking that. That. How does it defend? How does it defend itself? Does it just sit there and take it? Does it fight back? Does it run away? And the third, that gets into my third one, movement. Can it get away? How fast does it go? Does it have maneuvers? Things like that, Okay. Now, I hear you say, or I hear me say in my head, what about special abilities? Well, that also falls into offense, defense, and movement. If you have spell like abilities in your creature, does it help protect them? Does it help ensnare whatever it's trying to get as an offense thing? Does it help get it out of there? I mean, things like blink dogs, you know, the blinking is a movement chunk. And it adds to the offense, defense, and movement. Just remember that. And the characters, and especially in monsters, offense, defense, movement. Now, there are plenty of books out there that you can get examples from, all kinds of monster books. Tome of Adventure Design over there. Uh, The the current uh, monster overhaul book is an excellent book for that. Tons of tables and things like that. But it's excellent. Just... You know, look at what's in there and how they break it down. I like, personally, I like Monster Overhaul because they're basically, they're trying to keep away from any kind of stats, any kind of stat things, and explain it in in just plain English, to explain what this monster does basically in those three categories. And that's a good thing to have. And that's a great example of how that works. So if you take a monster that has a good offense, a good defense, a good movement, you got a good monster. You don't have to have a monster with everything that's, like, super good because, you know, player characters have to fight these things. So you have a monster that's maybe not too good in movement, but he makes up for it in, say, defense. Maybe he's got a really tough skin or a shell or something, like a turtle. You know, they're not great in movement, but, you know, you can... Unless you know how to get a chink in their armor... You're going to hit on them all day and you're you're going to take you a while to get through that shell okay maybe you don't have a monster that's very good at offense maybe they're like scavengers but they know how to get get out of the way and you know like say buzzards things like that you know they, they wait until something's dead and then they go pick it they don't fight they just wait till something's dead but if something starts attacking them when they're trying to eat this dead this dead carcass, boom! They're flying away. Okay, they're out of here. They they you know they're gone. So that's the kind of thing you got to think of when making a monster: offense, defensive movement. And it's a good thing to think about. There are other factors too, but those are the main ones right there. Even for the humanoid ones, even for the you know the the goblinoid ones, and all those. Anyway, I got to go start my day. So. If you guys want to talk to me about these things or anything else, oldmangrognard at gmail.com or drop me a voicemail on Spotify for podcasters. Great place to be. We are monetized, so as little as 99 cents a month, you two can help support this program, and I would thank you. For single donations, give, uh, there's my Ko-fi page, ko-fi.com slash oldmangrognard, or my PayPal tip jar, paypal.me slash oldmangrognard. Now, let me thank these people who do give to me monthly. Juan well, Carlos Llewellyn, Gilbert Soros, and Benjamin Brodell. Thank you very much for other good podcasts. Dan Gregg's The Young YUNG Young Grognard Podcast, Kevin at the Red Caps Podcast, Daniel Norton's Bandits Keep Podcast, Randy and Joe's Biggest Geekest Podcast, Big John Allen Large's The Red Dice Diaries, and my friend Eric Tinker's Tavern Chat. So until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm and I'll talk to you later. Bye bye. Got questions? You got comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. Tune in next time when Radio Grognard King Size is on the air.